0: fellow adventurers and welcome back to episode 10. Yes, we are 10 today, balls deep in wrapping paper and on the mother of all sugar crashes from all the cake and jelly. And as a special birthday treat to you, this episode isn't gonna be shit. It's actually a humdinger, but before we get the party started properly, let's get the boring housekeeping out of the way first. We're on social media. What's that, AJ? I hear you ask. Well, that's your opportunity to see all the maps from the episodes, chat to the cast, send us artwork or suggestions, and ask questions like, "Hey, AJ, if you've been playing D and D for so long, why do you still not know the rules properly?" On Twitter, that's at adventurers number one. That's at adventurers number one. Alternatively, you could follow us on Instagram, where, because we're uncoordinated, our handle is adventurers underscore anonymous underscore podcast. So why not reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram? And one final note if you like this, then why not hit that subscribe button and get a great old dollop of fantasy goodness delivered to your app of choice each week? Failing that, why not share us with your mother, father, lover, tennis partner, or local MP and spread some happiness out there? Ooh, breaking news. I've also got it on good authority that if we hit a hundred subscribers, then Matt, who plays Belsiar, had said he will sing you all a special song written by Lewis, who plays Aristopulus. And shit in a hat and punch it. Who doesn't want to hear that? So share us far and wide. And let's make that audio treat a reality, because quite frankly, nobody can falsetto like that dragonborn. But that's enough of my verbal diarrhea. It's time to sit back, relax, and tune in for another amazing episode of Adventurers Anonymous. Enjoy. Right, we're live. Bargain. Okie I've done a recap. So here we go. A recap. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they'd managed to befriend. Slash manipulate the poor little figure of Geoffrey, getting him to show them the way down into the crypt underneath the old cathedral. Along the way, he welcomed them into his hovel and the adventuring party proceeded to abuse his hospitality and trash the joint. Except for Aristobulus, who very kindly fixed Geoffrey's coffee table. Once down in the crypt, the party spread out, with Tati scouting out the lair of the Goblin Priestess Mellifluence Belchcrack, literally finding her in her deathbed. In return for one last favour, she revealed the location of the final orb to Tati. Her last request, the party rescued her daughter, Toadflaps, from the clutches of kidnappers who had taken her to Port Zoon. Agreeing to these terms, Tati did a truly half assed job of mercy killing her, finally getting the hang of it on the second or third attempt. With malefluence out of the picture, Tati finally discovered the final orb of Tartarus and reunited them all together, with a smug little grin. Meanwhile, our fine managed green friend Hanash decided to take a shit down the crypt well and accidentally slipped in with his own fecal emission. The rescue mission got underway with Aristobulus fishing him out using his own giant blue throbbing spiritual weapon. The, par- the party reunited at the centre of the crypt, pausing to notice that Maud had retrofitted herself with the beehive that had once resided on Malevolence's back. And that is where we will pick up today's episode. Right, so we pick up with the party in the crypt of the old cathedral in the ruins of Melasmere, where they have just secured the final orb of Tartarus. I'm trying to work out now where to go. You look over as their little boy, Geoffrey. We're going to call him a man because, you know, he's a man. The little man, Jeffrey. Geoffrey. <laughs> Looks up to you, Tatty, and just says, uh, "Is it is it all right if I um, tag along?" Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: um, no, uh, no problem with me. Um, we'll uh, we'll try our best to uh, to keep you safe.
2: I have a problem. Who's going to clear up all of this fucking leprosy skin that is trailing along like a snail trail? What's
1: I also have a problem. I want to throw
3: in the well. But... I mean, aren't you already down the well? Now I got up the well. Did you? Yeah. Ah, and okay. as a natural bully. I want to put <laughs> Tati, other Tati
0: already has not listened to the bloody intro. We <laughs> <and laughs> rescued Hunash out of the well.
1: As, as you can tell, as soon as you start talking about my smug face, I got a smug face and then didn't listen to the rest
2: of it. Tati, are you going to protect him at all costs? He's yeah, your- basically,
0: as, as the big, green, bulking hulk of... Hanash starts threatening to throw Geoffrey in the well. He just starts trying to hide behind Tatty, which is quite hard as he's considerably bigger than Tatty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just like I just he's like
0: slinked down behind the gnome.
1: I just sigh like really heavily. I'm like, come on, kid, stand up for yourself. Yes, kid, stand up for yourself.
2: I'm going to hiss at him.
0: <laughs> All right, then. And with that, Geoffrey just walks over to Hanash and goes. I'm not afraid of you. As he sort of looks up, he barely even comes up to your chest.
3: You've got Moxie, kid. And then, uh, how, like, how, um, so his head's like at my chest. Oh, barely.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, somewhere mid, mid range, just, just below your
3: nipples. Okay, so I'm not going to do anything too damaging. I'm just going to like, <laughs> I'm just going to shoulder barge him to the floor and not say anything. And just say, take the rest of the pipe.
0: Yeah. Okay, make make me a. We're going to make an opposed check. You're going to roll um, athletics, and I am going to roll. That's a question.
3: If I don't win this, I'm going to fucking flip.
0: <laughs> I'm going to make a dexterity. So we're going to do dexterity against athletics. Go on then.
3: Let's do it.
0: Fourteen. Woo, Fifteen. Fuck <laughs>
3: off.
0: So as you. Go, yes,
2: while he's on the floor, shoulder barge slightly dazed. Can my tail? He's not,
0: happy, yeah. he's not been shoulder barged, he's not been shoulder barged. Barge, no. So, as Hanash goes into shoulder barge, he um, Jeffrey, after years of living in little wall cavities and ducking and dodging from the goblins, dives out of the way. As you just see Hanash face slam into the floor, and you just hear a sort of crunching noise as, uh, as his kind of scraping of metal as the bolt sticking out of his head scrapes along the crypt floor. He is out cold. We're going to quickly flip over to inside Hanash's head. You find yourself in a dark place, very dark, almost in like an underground warren of earth, as you hear cackles and laughs around you. you're To everyone else's sight, you are out cold, but to you, you in your mind's eye find yourself stumbling around in the dark, underground, feeling the cold, wet roots and worms and earth and soil. You hear laughs and cackles around you as you turn in every direction to look from where the voice comes from. You just hear a voice whispering in your ear, and it
3: just says, "'Good.
0: Do you remember
3: me?' I'm going to be like Matt from It's Always Sunny I'm just going to start like doing like, like kung fu moves. Like, yeah, fuck you, voice.
0: Yeah, so yeah. you spinning around inside your own psyche, spinning around in your own imagination, trying to, you hear a voice in your ear saying,
3: good,
0: violence, anger,
3: rage, these are the things I need from you. Sounds like we're going to be friends, voice. Who, who, who are you? Father?
0: Mother. You just, you hear a deep sigh, and it's like, you don't remember me? I'm the one who gave you the gift of the green fur. What
3: gift? I don't have any extra abilities. If anything, i have lost, healthy prick.
0: You hear you hear, <laughs> you hear, a deep sigh as this evil demonic force. You just hear this sigh as they just lose. Like, oh, God. I, seriously, I don't know why I even bother cursing you. You're shit. Right. <laughs> Tell you what. I've got a blessing for you, but you must do something in return for me. You must be evil. You must rampage. You must do the most hateful, spiteful, hurtful things. And in return, I will empower you. I'm going to use my evil voice again now. So here, have this. And you feel what strength amongst you. You feel almost your arms ripple, your muscles tighten into cords. you gained the feet of a great weapons master, which... Ooh, I might have already given you. Um, If you look on your feet, you have great weapon, Master. Um, And you hear the voice say, all I ask is that you cause as much pain and havoc and fury and hatred as possible. And with that, everything tunnels down into a bright, dark ball, and you come bursting back out into the daylight, gasping as you feel the horrible, wet, Taste of stone against the floor, pressed up against your face, as everyone else looks over and sees Hanash starting to uh, wiggle around on the floor a bit and show signs of life.
1: I'm, um, I'm just like crouched by next to him on the floor, just like giving him a couple of slaps, trying to wake him up. So like, come on, big guy, come on. How, um, how like awake am I? Like, how
3: can I move quickly and stuff?
0: Feel like when well, you. Me- Groggy coming around in the morning. You, you've got control of your limbs, but you're a bit like flailing around a little bit. As you, as you, you sit up on the floor, every, everyone, you will see like a bit of blood dripping out the side of Hanash's lip where he's busted it open. You see Jeffrey dancing up and down, whooping, being like, Told you I wasn't afraid of you. Um. You all see Hanash is considerably musclier. I mean, he wasn't like lazy in the first place. He was a fairly big lad, but now he's, 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 he's ripped. Um, and you notice something bulging out the back of his trousers. He's either got hemorrhoids or he's starting to grow a tail. Oh,
1: hope it's a tail.
0: And as you look around, Hanush, you see a small green protuberance.
1: I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to point out and just, and just say like, um, is that have you seen yourself? Or are you just happy to see me? Can it be both? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go chaos
3: reigns. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna chase after Jeffrey. I'm gonna <laughs> throw to throw him down a well. I feel like that's what the gods we're want. Gonna, me.
0: We're gonna leave those two chasing each other around. As Theolian looks around, sighing, and Aristobulus is just like clapping along, whooping and whooping and hollering.
1: I'm I'm just I'm just kind of I, I don't say anything to Theolian or anybody. I just have like the last orb of Tartarus in my hand, and I'm just like passing it from hand to hand, just like
0: nice, nice. As you're excited with that. Just following up from last week, you did um, detect magic on that dagger. I can tell you that that dagger is from the school of evocation. Uh, if that makes any difference to you, uh, Right, Maud, what are you going? What are you doing?
2: I'm watching the two of them chase each other. Um, I would then like to take my opportune moment to backhand young Jeffrey with my tail, just straight across the face.
0: Okay, um, the as he starts-
2: that he's joined us now.
0: That's okay. I'll say because he's being chased around by Hanash. I'll say it's unopposed as he's dodging and weaving and trying to stay stay away from the giant shredded green man. As he runs round near you, I need you to make an unarmed strike with your tail.
2: Uh, uh-huh.
0: Okay. Unarmed strike. Do I roll for that? Yeah, just roll
2: to hit. It's under attack. Yep, yeah. 19.
0: Jesus Christ. Jeffrey's like skitting around, running. Going, you can't catch me. You can't catch me. Whip! Straight across his face. A tail like clotheslines him as you just hear a, Poof! onto the floor as he lands in a bundle of limbs. Uh, make me a damage roll for that. How
2: do I do that? Just another
0: roll? Uh To the side. It should have DC, I think.
2: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Undefined
0: zero. Oh, is your strength not strong enough that you can do any damage? What's your strength? Minus one.
2: Where do I see the strength? Uh, I'm a weakling
0: yeah you can do jack shit so he flies off his feet splats onto the ground and you just he doesn't take any particular damage but you just hear him on the floor you just hear a little voice going ah I'm okay Ah." can I
2: I stand over his tiny body and can I hiss in his ear that he should respect his elders
0: you don't have to ask me just tell him I
2: would like to stand over his body but because my feet are clawed So they're like that with claws. Um, I would like to pin one of his limbs to the floor as I stand on his body so he can't get away and can't roll over. I would then like to crouch down and hiss in his ear that children should be seen but not heard and he should respect his elders.
0: So as you all look over, you see Maud clothesline Jeffrey into the ground as his body twitches on the floor. She walks over as he goes to get up a clawed foot, crushing him back into the dirt on the crypt floor. His little head coming up with scared eyes as the demonic presence of the tiefling whispers into his ear, hissing things that you can't hear, but seem to be scaring the living shit out of him. You see little tears appear in his face as Geoffrey
2: says, Why are you doing this? I've never been anything but nice to you. Shut up, (laughs) Geoffrey.
0: All right, well, maybe I won't come with you after all. You see Theolian looking really happy about that in the corner. Theolian's like, <laughs> uh, you can tell Theolian's a man who's had to bury lots of idiot companions over the years. Um, as the kid's like, look, right, uh, you, you guys are nothing but mean. Except the Dragonborn, he's quite nice. He uh, he he would fix my coffee table. As he's,
1: he's, I, um, I was about to stick up for him, but then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say, hey, I made you a fucking I made you a fucking cloak. You turned it into a fucking, like, glory hole shower curtain.
0: Yeah. But I mean.
2: I gave you some winkle pickers, you weren't great little prick.
0: Yeah. I mean, you stole me some, uh, Theolian goes, what do you mean you stole some winkle pickers off me? I'm an adult, he's a child. Do <laughs> the math. Um, as Theolian says, I mean, I don't mean to bust up the party, but perhaps we should, um, you know, crack on. Being that uh, we have all the orbs of Tartarus, and the forest isn't getting any younger. Yeah, I'm gonna,
1: um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn away from from Jeffrey and point. So on the on the map, there's like the stairs on the right hand side. Mm. Is that right. So I'm gonna turn away from Jeffrey, and I'm gonna point at those and say, "I think that should be the easiest. That should be the easiest way out." Uh, I'm going to turn away from Jeffrey and then turn back to him and just spit on the ground. Be like, get the fuck out of here. And then I'm going to, I'm going to start heading
0: up. Jeffrey was about to put out his hand as he just spit. It narrowly misses his hand as he just pulls his hand back in. He looks over at Hanash, nods with respect to him, like it was a fight well won. Looks over at Maud, flinching. Looks over at Aristobulus, who's leering at him like a lunatic. He takes one step back from Aristobulus, turning around at Theolian. He gets absolutely nothing. Theolian fucking stonewalls him as he looks over at Belciar and the two of them just run towards each other and hug. And there's this awkward hug with Belciar and the kid as Belciar goes to ruffle his hair again, thinks better of it as, um, Jeffrey just runs off,
1: uh, back into his warren. Um, as, as were, uh, kind of walking up the stairs. Um I wanna get Theolian's attention um and just say um so I've had kind of a might be kind of a worrying thought. Um the that guy with the was it poisoned arrows?
3: <laughs> yes, they that, were poisoned, yes.
1: The guy that the guy that was um that we almost um that was hunting us before when we were at the observatory and just outside the the graveyard. Um what if he's been waiting for us to find the orbs? What if he wants to what if he wants to take them for himself or herself? Villains can be women too. It's 2021. Um and what if what if they thought the simplest way seeing where we were going, was to let us hunt them down and then just take us out? Yes, well, it
0: is. You, you see him. He looks around a bit. He thinks thoughtfully and says, yes, that is a possibility. I mean, we do not know what he is about, why he is here. He seems to have stalked us from one side of Melasmia to the next. He may be waiting for us in ambush. I mean, whichever exit we take out of this cathedral, there is the possibility that he may be waiting for us. Maybe if we scout ahead and check, we can see whether there is an ambush ahead. But he appears to be but one man; he could hide anywhere he wishes. Even I, with my superior elven eyes, cannot see all things. The faster we get back to my uncle, the better.
3: Can we use the orbs for anything? Like, is there any like powers it that, like, that we know of that we can do things with? Uh,
0: he looks at you and says. Uh, maybe you could rub them together and make a fire orc. I don't know.
3: Oh yeah, let's try that.
0: I was joking. Those orbs are priceless.
3: <laughs> maybe we're like Dragon Ball Z and maybe like a dragon <laughs> up there and you with some wishes.
1: Yeah. He, he looks at
0: you for a long bad. time and says, maybe you could try swallowing one or two of them. I don't know.
1: Please don't. That's a, that's a recurring thing. How big are these orbs? I would probably think at least like that. Yeah, they're pretty big. Mm. You'd have to like get a steak knife on it. <laughs> unhinged yeah. unhinged like a
0: snake right so as as you reach the top of the stairs you get there's there's like large oaken doors at the top of the stairs that go up right Tatty are you for the sake of storyline as you go you push through the doors and you see the beginnings of Twilight outside as you see there was a side entrance to the crypt on the side of the Cathedral and as you open up, the sudden rush of fresh air comes in and you realise for the first time how dank and horrible and stale the air was down in the crypt as a sudden rush of fresh air comes from the ruins of
1: Malazmir. Uh What are you doing? I just say, God, Jeffrey's house was a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to F- Theolian and I'm going to say, I think you're right. I think one of us should... St- One of us should scout ahead a little bit, um, and just kind of keep our eyes, keep our eyes peeled, uh, for our, uh, well armed friend. Um, looking just before I, just before I kind of stealth ahead a little bit, I'm going to pull out the map of Malasmia and I'm going to see if I can figure out the quickest way back to Branigan's shack. Yeah. Um, hang on.
0: Let me double check. So um, you look at the map, you turn it around a few times, and in the last of the daylight you see, you orientate yourself based. It's not difficult to orientate yourself off a fucking cathedral. It's ginormous and has very obvious ends to it. Um, and you work out, you're heading back into the bottom left-hand corner of the map. The alien looks at you and says should we not be making fast time to my uncle
1: well i, I mean it's it's um, Brannigan's shack is just the 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 first place on the outskirts of malasmia that i i think think to go to if we go if we head for Brannigan's, are we not are we not heading in the same direction as your your people
0: yes you're quite right in your understanding of the direction of of the encampment of my uncle we do keep going in that direction. It is, but we um, mm, were several hours across Melasmere and maybe a day's walk through the woods.
3: Yeah, yeah so it's just coming to evening time now. But.
0: Yeah, it's coming to yeah. twilight in the evening. He looks over at Hanash. He's got a bit of blood dripping down the side of his face and still, you know, pretty woken up now. Hanash is still looking pretty pissed that he couldn't catch Jeffrey. Um, and he says, maybe we have outstayed our welcome at Branigan's.
1: Um, I mean, we don't actually have to go in there. Like, I, I, I only pick Brannigan's because it's the, it's the closest quote unquote heavy inverted commas safe place in Malasmia. Is there another like indoor place that we could go to
3: if Brannigan is going to be a little bitch? Or we can like camp Uh, out?
0: Yeah, there's, there's other, there's other like ruined buildings around there. I mean, for for the sake of getting the storyline moving on, what's the party hoping to do to 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 reunite with uh, Theolian's uncle Tassarian and give him the orbs? Is that is that your sort of idea? And then you're going to work out what the hell you're going to do from there. Maud, of course, never having met any of the elves, she's only ever met Theolian. How tall
2: are they compared to me?
0: Same height. Such a
1: such a great way to decide if you're going to be friends with someone. If you're
3: taller than me, then fuck
0: you. The only people who are of any kind of discernible difference in height to you, Maud, would be Tati, who's tiny, and Hanash, who stands a good head and shoulders above almost everyone else.
2: Okay, can. So I'm like eye to eye kind of high
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's at this point, Maud, you look around and you're like, little shit, and you suddenly realise Jeffrey still has
1: your um
0: headscarf.
2: I turn around and I fucking go back.
1: You want the headscarf? It's got his fucking, like, flaky skin flakes all over
0: it. Fiber. Theolian says, Demon lady, we really can't afford to waste any more time. Darkness is coming, and that crazy man with wolf skins is, well, he could be anywhere. I would rather make good time across these ruins during daylight hours than be stalked by him during night. Can we not get you another headscarf?
2: I, enraged, I stop, I'm hissing and snarling, um, and I say to Theodian, okay, fine. Find me another headscarf."
0: He looks into his backpack, pulls out his little haversack thing, rummages around in it, and pulls out a fine elfin silk handkerchief, not one that's been blown on it, hasn't got any snot on it, it's very fine. It's very intricate and it has runic symbols all over it. And he hands it to you and says, happy.
2: Uh, can I demurely pass it to him and ask him to fashion it into a headscarf for me because I can't reach the back of my head and my horns getting in my
0: you look around, you see, for the first time, you start seeing Theolian actually starting to sweat as he looks around. He's scanning the tree line, he's scanning the ruins, looking for, like, you know, this guy with the wolf huts. As he just walks over, Maud grabs the scarf, wraps it around her in a kind of headscarf thing. And he's like, You look beautiful. As he, like, <laughs> pulls out a dagger and holds it up to you so that you can see your face.
2: Happy,
0: in happy it. Maud. Tail flops up. Flop. Good. <laughs> for the first time, you've ever seen Theolian kind
2: of.
0: <laughs> he's like, Now come on. Um, right, for the sake of getting this whole thing moving along, Tati, would you like to scout out ahead of the group, say, slightly in front? Yeah, I'll go like 20, 30 feet ahead, maybe. In which case, as you make your way across the ruins of Melasmia, can you make me. Um, can you make me a perception check? Uh,
1: that's an eight.
0: An eight? So uh, as you travel across um, the ruins of Malazmir, you see the party behind you who are staying in your tracks. You've taken Barbara with you. You're both scouting a good 20 to 30 yards ahead. Um, as you hear a rustling noise, you, as per your training, you're already in cover. You take further cover inside a bush as both you and Lady stay Barbara. We'll call her Barbara now. We shouldn't dead name Lady. Uh, Right, Barbara, you and Barbara stay low to the ground as you look, ready for the contact with wherever this noise is coming from, waiting as night the light is starting to dim now. And as you're ready, you burst out of the bush to be confronted with three geese in front of you who are waddling along, hissing at you.
2: Oh,
1: I just I just shake just shake my head at them just like Fucking Christ. I, um, uh, I kind of get Barbara's attention, uh, back on the, back on the, on the path, on the road, whatever, and, um, try and, uh, stay on the same trajectory that I was on before.
0: Uh, as you go to, to head on, uh, the party behind you, watch that you pause, they pause as you move on, they move on. You look back and see um, Lady in an argument with the geese as they've surrounded her. I keep calling a Lady. You look back and you see Barbara. The geese have surrounded her. They're hissing and there's a <laughs> kind of noise as Barbara's low to the ground growling as she makes a dive for one of the geese and they sort of flap off and run away clucking uh, as Barbara comes back to join you low at the ground. Um, right, as you, as you press on, you make it to the edge of the ruins of Melasmere. You see in front of you Brannigan, the Brown Shack, um, you see him out in the garden in the low dusk light, tending to his flower beds. He hasn't seen you. You're still a good fifty meters off.
1: Um, as we as we go up, uh, I'm not even gonna like. I'm not making a beeline for him. I'm I'm just walking past him. But I do like the thing that classic white middle class neighbours do, and just be like, "Morning,
0: Branigan." He looks over at you. There's a look of fear in his face at first. I'm walking, I'm walking past. And then as you walk off, you see the, the sort of color rises back into him as he sort of waves you off. Uh, And as the rest of the adventuring party waddle off, he waves. There's a respectful nod between Theolian and Branigan the Brown as they pass each other, old comrades and friends, as you head deeper into the corrupted forest of, um, on the edges of um, melasmia. Um, Right. As you make your way through the forest, can you make me another perception check?
1: Sure can.
0: Yeah, make me another perception check. Thanks.
1: 23.
0: 23. So much going on at night in the forest. At this point, you have made... all of your discernments as a tracker, as, as a man of as the outdoors and a trained soldier, you've felt at no point like there's anything particularly sinister stalking you or watching you. As you make it back into the corrupted forest, that's when you get a real sense of kind of, I don't know, it's almost like a fell spirit upon you. Like the the corruption and the evilness of the forest is quite oppressive, and you feel it surrounding you. At that point, you decide it's probably best to actually, for you all to stick together. It's probably not healthy for you to be 20 or 30 feet out in front. Um, And you, with Theolian's help, Theolian, who's grown up in these woods, knows all the quickest paths and, you know, ditches, dells, and highways and byways. Uh, With your role of 23, you make it successfully back to the edge of the elven encampment within the woods. So for the sake of Maud, who's never seen the Elfin encampment before, as you start heading between the trees, at first you start seeing flickering torchlights between the uh, trunks of the trees. And as you come closer, you see for the first time an array of tents, but not kind of like Glastonbury. We're talking more like a tent city. Um, And you see the um, remainder of the elves who once lived In Melasmere, before it was completely ruined, a lot of the elves have scattered to various cities in the surrounding areas and in the mountains. Some of the elves have camped out and lived inside the blighted woods, and that is where Theolian's uncle, Tessarion, lives, inside a almost Bedouin city of elves. As you come to the very edge of it, you now notice, hidden amongst the branches of the trees, various elven archers who you at first did not see Theolian was well aware of them as an elf himself. As um, an exchange between Theolian and the sentries happens and you are ushered back into the um, tent city of uh, the elves, um, entering into the inside of that, you almost feel the release from being out in the um, corrupted city, being inside the tent city is, 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 is a delight. And a, and a lifting of the spirits to you. As you're shown to your own set of tents, each of you is is given your own set of tents. Um, Maud, you're, at first each of you is is treated with some degree of distrust as they don't know you, Maud, but after Theolian speaks for you, the earls offer you your own tent inside. You find all the amenities that a tiefling could want. Um, beds, sheets, clean clothes, food, water, a brass basin for each of you and your individual tents with, you can clean yourselves. And you're told that you will have an hour to rest individually, clean and eat. And you will be welcomed by Tessarian himself, the leader of this group of elves.
1: So do, are we have like a set of tents to ourselves then? Uh, kind of connected, not connected, but next to each other. Let's say.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've not. It, yeah. They've intentionally found a selection of tents. It's not en suite or anything. You know, there's not like a door between them, but they're individual like rows of
2: tents. Brass basins, kind of swanky glamping, not camping. Mm-mm. Mm. Oh,
0: this is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Th- this is glamping to the max. These elves aren't fucking about. This isn't like Bogner Regis.
2: How to isolate your listener? Well done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> True. So I mean, let's, <laughs> let's hope we haven't got a, a staunch following from Buckner Regis. Uh, Lord, as, as your tired limbs, you, you, you jump onto the bed and you almost vanish into it. It's that perfect kind of combination of soft, but not horrible. You know, it's as you, you almost sink into the covers as you smell them, whatever, whatever fabric conditioner these elves use is luxurious. Um, And as you look over, you see a small basin and a desk with various combs and brushes on it and a bowl full of fresh fruit. The same same would apply for all of you. Hanash, as you uh, enter into your tent, you you see exactly the same array of things. Uh, Also, a bowl of um, chicken wings. Ooh. I was going to say the bed is far
3: too comfortable for me, so I'm going (laughs) to sleep on the floor. You've only
0: got an hour for a nap,
3: (laughs) but yes. After I'm going to polish off these chicken wings and then I'm going to get the
0: comb. And I'm just going to like curl my little tail. Nice. As you, as you get the, uh, there's a mirror, like a polished, uh, piece of metal. As you start ironing up your new appendage, uh, checking it out whilst also checking the guns out. As you've noticed, you've got considerably, um, more with, with a fine fur down it. You're still quite furry, but, uh, you've got, you've got a good, um, is he, he, and of course he
2: like Prince Charming from Shrek, you know, when like the wind hits him and he's all glossy and like a L'Oreal advert.
0: Yeah. You can see you can see his hair in the breeze, as it sort of? It's
1: like a Diet Coke advert. Yeah, it's, it's, it's those it's classic L'Oreal and Diet Coke adverts <laughs> where they have a green half orc on screen.
0: Um across the night air you can hear the sound of the um of um Aristobulus playing his lyre. Uh, and his flute otherwise a fairly peaceful um night and tatty exactly the same your your amenities are perfect um
1: I'm gonna um, as it's the first time in a long time that we've you know had accommodations beyond just well accommodations really probably since probably since Brannigan shack so I'm gonna I'm gonna use the basin to just give myself a wash and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna Looth Barbara up a little bit, just just give her a give her a quick wash on the on the outer coat and just see how she reacts to that. If she enjoys it, I'll carry on, but if not, I just want to do it.
0: so as uh, as yeah, for the first time it's almost weird like it feels like it's probably only been a week or so, but it feels forever and a day almost yeah, as Hanash was feeling the, the the comforts seem alien to you who've slept on the floor and just any old place that you can in, in nooks and dells and things like that. And um, to actually be able to sleep in a, in a bed with a hearth nearby just seems so alien. And, um, as you go to wash Barbara, uh, there's a sort of moment of, of, kinship between you that, that has been difficult on the road. Um, as you dry her down with a towel, she curls up on the end of the bed and she's soon snoring.
1: um, Before we, I might try and get in like a 20 minute power nap or something (laughs) like that before we go see Tessarian. But before we go, I do want to head over and talk to Onash. Okay. Uh, So I, I'm going to, I'm going to walk over. I'm going to go to knock on the tent and then realize that it's a tent and then that's fucking stupid. Go away, (laughs) ghost. I just, as soon as he, as soon as he says that, I just start like, floofing thing, the outside of the tent a little bit, and just go. Whoo! I roll. Under the bed. <laughs> I um, I just I pop my head in and just go.
3: so up, bud? You, you decent? I roll out from under the bed. The
1: <laughs> yeah, covered in covered in chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm decent. <laughs> um, I'm i used to this shit by now. We've been on the road. We're just a couple of guys. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna walk in and just say, uh look before we go talk to the big guy before we go talk to oh, big uncle to Sarah, um, I just wanna I just wanna check before we before we hand over these orbs, I wanna make sure that he's he's not got some like weird scheme up his sleeves like he's gonna make the forest even worse, or he's gonna like kill children or some weird shit like that, so I think if in the middle of the conversation, if it seems like things are going to go the wrong way, maybe we have a code word. We need to eat the orbs. No, I was just going to say for us to keep the orbs oh. and to potentially have to fight our way out. Okay. Cause this, you know, this, this could be a very fluid situation. You know, it might change on a, might change on a whim. We should rub them together if everything goes wrong. I could I could throw down my magic beans. I mean potentially, yeah, we could, we could we could probably just have the orbs. Those magic beans look like they've got a lot of potential. And if things turn to chaos, I will be asking you to use them. And then in a short five minutes later, I'll we'll be right out. <laughs> um so I think if I yeah. if I uh I think I think our code word should be beans. Yes. I might just slip it into conversation. I might just scream it at the top of my lungs. Are you, are you planning um, on telling
0: anyone else that? Or is that just between you and Hunash?
1: No, I'm just going to say it to Hunash because everyone knows that if Hunash starts something, everyone else is going to, everyone else is going to follow. Um, so we're, we're attacking or we're running away. At this I think, I think we'd be, I think we'd be protecting the orbs and getting the fuck out. Okay. I've got, I've got an idea for a distraction. Yeah. I don't know how long it'll last. Got that iron flask. Oh, yeah. That's got something in it. I like it. I don't know what the fuck is in it, but Branigan seemed to think it was pretty powerful. Might be enough to keep, to keep them distracted for a while. Obviously, if the conversation with Tessarian goes great, none of this is relevant. This is all fine. We give him the orbs. We get a fucking payday. We get a reward from him. Fucking A. If not, we need to, we need to have a plan for GTing the FO. Of, of here, see, si, senor. Cool. Just wanted to just wanted to check we're on the check we're on the on the same page. Be bros. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: um, what's Cr doing whilst this is all going on?
1: Um, so CR is. Um, I need to check his inventory. See if there's anything that he'd like to examine.
0: Um, whilst you're doing that, I will say um, Aristobulus. All right. So, Maud, whilst you are preening yourself, probably got a hairbrush in your tail, combing your ridiculous purple hair, you hear a little, like, (coughs) on the zip of your uh, tent. As you turn around, Aristobulus gingerly walks in.
2: What's up? What's the problem?
0: So, I've got man problems.
2: Can I just coldly stare at him? waiting.
0: You coldly stare at him and he he's already looking pretty damn awkward. as He's like, I'm a little bit worried that uh, Theolia might fancy me.
2: Oh, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to gesture to the very, very corner of my bed for him to sit down, like nowhere near the middle, just the corner, right at the far end. And I'd like to gesture.
0: Uh, Okay, as he gingerly walks in, he looks around, trying to work out whether your tent is nicer than his tent, as he just comfortably sits down on the corner of your bed looking really sheepish. Uh,
2: I would like to from my backpack pull a bottle of single malt whiskey, two glasses, nice
0: crystal glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then no you drank wicked. <laughs> is that tiefling liquor?
2: It is. I, I brewed it myself and also it's honey. Honey whiskey from my nice new
0: bees. He looks around for a while. He's like, "Where is the hive?"
2: Uh, It's in my backpack. So I then point towards my backpack, buzzing nicely in the corner because they're very happy. I fed them with sugar water. They're over the moon. Um, And then I would like to. I'd like to offer him a glass of my single malt honey whiskey.
0: He takes your glass. He does that thing where he sort of takes in the aroma and the bouquet as he sort of. The, the, the evaporating alcohol off it. He's like, fuck, us this is strong. You ain't messing around, are you? He takes a little kind of swig and you see his eyes roll back into the top of his head as he sort of comes back into consciousness. He's like,
2: yeah, it's good. So I ask him to tell me about all of his problems, his worldly ones.
0: Well, the, you know, I... I look like I've got everything under control, I know, as he just sort of straightens part of the hem of his robe of stars over his bony knee with one hand. As he looks sort of sheepishly at you side eyeing, he's, he's like I don't I don't know what to do if Theolian does like me.
2: I I think that you make a wonderful couple and uh, I think that he's going to look after you. He's very rich. Go
0: for that. Big Willie. He leans in as you whisper. He's like, ah, yeah, but I don't, I've never really, you know, there's never been a Mrs Aristobulus.
2: I make the gesture of a baby's arm holding an apple and wink at him.
0: I mean, I'm fluent in euphemism, but even I haven't got a fucking clue what you're going on about. Is that my arm, his apple?
3: (laughs) How do you mind
1: that? Yeah. (laughs) It's the the, the, the thunk that does it Yeah, yeah, yeah (laughs) It's got to make a noise
0: (laughs) What should I say to him? Should I ask him? Should I leave him? Shall I let him talk to me? Shall I make the move? What should I do?
2: You know what? I give him And I am very unhuggy I've got scales And I've got spikes But I give him a nice Generous hug And I say that it's all going to be okay And I give him a little wink and then I pull the full bottle of honey whiskey out of my backpack, wink at him and say, go and tell him goodnight.
0: Oh, all right. Okay.
2: You're on to a promise, princess.
0: And with that, he thanks you. He sort of goes in for a hug. He puts his arms out as if to give you a hug and then um, thinks better of it. And then uh, takes takes the um, honey whiskey off you and you see him go out of the flat um and with that you will assume that everyone at least has had a short rest um
1: just while uh has got a little bit of downtime uh i don't really think this is going to do anything particularly um but um he's going to take out the um the felt box that he has that has like the optical equipment in it and he's going to uh, he's just going to examine it just see if he can figure out what it is, what it's for. Um, I know it's got some initials on it. I, I don't really see him being able to figure out what the initials are for. Um, just any more information about it would be would be good. Literally, like I'm sick of Noah looking into that shit. So as I play, yeah, I'm going to yeah.
3: check all this shit out.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make good use of downtime. <laughs>
2: um, are we resting or are we sleeping?
0: Stop resting. You've, you've got an hour. So you'll have burned 20 minutes, but you're have a 40-minute nap. It's considered, you know, you'll have stopped doing whatever you're doing for a concerted amount of time to recover um, energy and stamina. So we'll call that a short rest. Um, and, and even if it was too short a time period, we'll say that the, the amazing elven beds are somewhat phenomenal. And, you know, 40 minutes in an elven bed is like hours in a shitty inn tavern bed. Um, what kind of tog kind of are we talking you go make me a make me an investigation check seven you go looking for the label on the corner of the elven duvet but you just you can't find the little label uh, as hard as you try um, sorry uh, let me just quickly wrap up uh, for Belsia's thing can you make me a um, investigation check
1: yeah uh, I don't have my dice with me, so I'm just going to do it on D&D Beyond and roll a d20. Uh, his investigation is plus two, so that's a 17.
0: Um, so looking at the material, he, he takes out. He's, 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 he's in a good place. He's calm. He takes it towards the hearth where the light is coming. He looks in the firelight. He's not looked at it for a while. It, was, it sounds like his knob, doesn't it? But why am I no. why would you take it by the fire? Ugh. Because he hasn't played with it for a while, right? As he, t- he takes, <laughs> he just wants to feel something. As he looks at the initials engraved in on it. No, he takes the equipment out of the box that his guy comes in a nice felt box. As he takes it out, there's various symbols its various orbs and spheres, as he looks at it. It's got an eyepiece on it, and as ever, the best he can ever kind of work out with it is that it's some kind of astrological device. Probably now, having been to the old observatory and seen the astrolabe on the floor, he's now aware of what that kind of thing is. Um, He's no closer to being able to functionally use it, but he's pretty sure that... um, it's to do with the astrological, um, the, the the art of the heavens, the stars, the celestial. This, it has the whiff of the um, heavens
1: amount. Cool. What its purpose is, he has no clue. As long as as long as Matt can't say that I didn't try and do something useful with Belsize's time. That's lovely. Now tattoos. Is there anything that we can
3: tattoo him with? <laughs> I don't say tattoos. Tattoos. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, fashioning some mink out of the vegetable skins that you have. You take the chicken bone, sharpen it to a point with a blade and just jab it into his neck repeatedly. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is what all of your prep went into, wasn't it? No, just I'm joking. figuring out how the rudimentary tatters. Give me a about the, court, the,
3: about the courtyard at the prison. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right, Maud, sorry you had your hand up before I ducked out of that. Too.
2: Yeah, I, I, I feel a bit funny. Um, and I feel like I've been here before. I'm having some kind of like actual physical reaction to after I've sat down. I think that I've, I've recognized this place and not in a good way.
0: Oh, good. Um, make me a perception check.
2: I will. <laughs> 18.
0: 18. So, um, something doesn't sit right. Now, first, straight off the bat, you're half-demon, and these are the elves, and you're from very different planes. So you're not exactly aligned in terms of you know your two species. You don't often play well, but there feels to be something more than that here that you, that you felt very welcomed. There could have been the possibility that you were sort of an outsider and a pariah, but they've welcomed you in. Once the Olean has spoken up for you and said that you're part of this adventuring party, um, you've been you've been welcomed with open arms and showed the same degree of courtesy and grace that everyone else has been shown, but yet something still nags at you and you can't quite place what it.
2: All is. the fur on the back of my – all the heckles on the back of my neck have stood on end like like a cat. That's been cornered in an alley by enough cats and it's fighting for its territory. I can't quite place why. So I refuse to sleep in the bed and I curl up in the corner with my bees in front of me. And my bees understand that I'm slightly uneasy as well.
0: I'll tell you what, because you're on guard and on edge and you've established that something isn't right here, as much as everything seems beautiful and perfect and serene, something is not quite right. I will give you inspiration. Do you know how inspiration works? No. If you look at the top by your hit points with your health, there's a little box called inspiration. It's quite a big box. It's empty.
2: Yes. Click in it. Hello.
0: You have a little symbol. Yes. You may use this once, anytime in the next 24 hours, and it will allow you to re-roll a check. Just once. Any check you fuck up. Any check you think you've rolled too low. After you rolled it, but before I have told you the outcome of it, yeah. So if you roll a 13, but you're not happy with a 13. Yeah. But before I can tell you what 30 means, you can re-roll it for free and take the higher value. Okay.
2: On anything. On anything. Okay.
0: Any kind of check. Um, Right. Good. And with that, you hear. Someone at the edge of your tent, as each and every one of you is individually ushered into the main uh, banqueting tent of Tessarian. Um having rested. ooh, yes, Anash.
3: As, as, as we come in, Cash, um, is the ground like, uh, is it like grass and like dirt, or is it like a kind of canvas on the ground?
0: Um, very good question. Um... In between the tents are various walkways. the walkways have been kind of irrigated. so they've kind of got um, almost rough the, 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 what was woodland has been over time taken out. they are very great expense to themselves. they've They've cut back the corrupted wood within this area where the tents are. So the ground has been cultivated. Although there isn't anything of particular beauty in there, yes, there are paths, and along the side of the path are um, sconces, like lamps, which are lit through flame. So yes, you're not you're not just work- walking through rubble and whatever. You're you're walking along a um, intentionally formed path. But,
3: but it's like it's ground, like it's like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not it's like the earth, but they've like kind of formed it to be like a path mm-hmm. of stone sand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, they're fairly civilised fuckers, um, and as you're, you're ushered into the banqueting hall of um, the, the the biggest tent you can see, basically the whole. I keep calling it a Bedouin city, but there you go. The whole the whole kind of encampment seems to be built around this central tent, almost like a big top at the circus. As you you're ushered in through the flaps at the end. Um, this is familiar to almost every single one of you except Maud. You've all been here before. It's a lovely site. It's a beautiful place, um, the very best of everything, um, almost a magnification of the kind of um, the things, the amenities that you found in your own tent, scaled up into the grandeur of it, the finest rugs on the floor, the most beautiful kind of um, art canvases on the walls, there are like lit sconces scattered around the place of bowls of fresh meats fruits um, there are carafes of wine around in varying colors between the reds and you know the whites and anything in between there is shelves of liquor and um, barrels of mead to one side and at the end there's trestle tables sort of nearby sorry and and further on you see a party of elves all kind of Surrounding a large chair at the end where Tessarion is sitting. Theolian meets you there and and ashes you to take whatever food you fancy.
2: Maud feels like she's been here before. She's very sure now that she recognizes the hall. She recognizes a few different elves. she
3: eats all the food.
0: she eats all the food. So, like a student at a buffet, everyone just daintily kind of putting their food. You look around, and Hanash's plate is like piled high, like uh, like a student at the uh, buffet at Pizza Hut, just the all-you-can-eat buffet, just just piling it all on. Um, Maud's, however, looking very uneasy in the corner. Who, d- who does Maud is looking incredibly uneasy whilst everyone else is sampling. Aristobulus has pretty much got his mouth underneath the barrel of mead, just emptying it into his face. Um Bell with a silver fork, picking up individual bits of sweet meats and fine meats and sampling them. Um sorry, what are you doing, Tati? Uh
1: can I just go over and grab like a glass of a glass of red wine and uh, walk over to Do you say that Theolian meets is at the entrance? Yeah, Theolian's in the entrance. Uh, yeah, in the in the foyer. I'm gonna I'm going to walk over and I'm going to see if I can get an idea of, I mean, I don't know if, if things do go badly. Um, if he'd know, if he'd know it was coming, um, I'm just gonna, just gonna walk over. I'm just going to raise my glass, you know, like, like we're just doing the victory lap at this point. Um, I'm just going to raise my glass and, and say, um, well, I mean, we worked, we worked hard and now, now look at us. Here we are. Yes.
0: It has been a long road, not often pleasant, but a pleasure. I feel like I've learned a lot. Mm. And you know,
1: if you, uh, I know you, I know you asked for uh, relationship advice for you and you and Aristobulus. I um, don't think that when this is over, that the that the job's done. Um, I'm I'm very interested I'm very invested in shipping you two as a couple. Oh, <laughs> I say that with like a smile on my face. <laughs> he, he looks
0: at you. There's no sense of tension with him. As you sip the red wine, you're just getting hits of flavors, fruits, chocolate. It's just this, this is good shit. This isn't like, you know, two buck chuck. This is the good shit. You can <laughs> tell that these grapes were pretty much like, you know, hand massaged individually and.
1: Hand-massaged hand on the thighs of
0: virgins.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
0: yeah. This, is, this is good shit. As Theolian is sipping a uh, small glass of what you can only imagine is sherry, um, he he's very cordial towards you. There's no sense of tension. You're not getting any sense of, like, this is a trap, this is an ambush, anything like that. He, there's a genuine gratitude in his eyes. His body language is quite relaxed. The only person who's looking tense here is Maud. Maud is pacing up and down, her tail flicking like a fucking cat. Um,
2: Puffed up, all my heckles are up.
3: I like, I like to go to Maud and like my my face is just like covered in like chicken fat, <laughs> and, and just <laughs> and this guy's like, you want some chicken? And then this, this like gestures some food to like says so it's, it's like a like hey buddy you're all right, but in the only way that my character could is just, just growling at people and offering food.
2: I I would like to say to the massive green monster, um, by now I think I've figured out why I know why, why I feel like I do. And I'm pretty sure by looking at some of these elves that I know that I've been here before and not in a
3: good way. Okay. Do you, um, do you say that to me, or do you just yeah. think that? To me no,
2: like no. I, I tell you that I recognise. I point at two or three elves, and I'm like this one, that one, and this one, and say, so "I had amnesia, but I don't. So I think it's coming back to me now, and I recognise these people. And all of the fur on my back is standing on end like some kind of rabbit alley cat.
0: Is it one particular elf who you recognise, or many elves?
2: A group of a group of ten elves sitting at a table.
3: Jesus Christ. I'd I'd like to like talk to more than I'd like I'll go over there and I'll bitch about you and try and like get some details. Yeah. Try and like do some investigation with because Hanash is such a pro bully.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's like Gina of the Mean Girls. <laughs>
0: As- There's a lovely atmosphere going on. What I probably should have said earlier is this isn't deadly silence. You hear talking amongst the elves. A lot of the official party of elves are down the far end, surrounding Tessarian. They're chatting amongst themselves and occasionally turning around and looking at you, but nothing sinister. There's other pockets of elves scattered around.
1: How many, how many, so other than us and Theolian, there's Tessarian, I guess, at the kind of the head of the table. Um, How many other elves are we talking in here?
0: Ten. Well, uh, yeah, around that. So there's a couple of pockets of elves, maybe 10 or 20. Uh, and from that pocket that Maud looked at, a voice comes out. And this is above, there's a beautiful, you know, there's elves around playing harps and lyres and flutes and things. There's nice background music. These people know how to set a mood. And uh, a voice comes out of that group and it just says, oh, brother, welcome back. As you just hear Theolian go, "Ah, oh, Shit. And that is where we're going to pause for a drinks break. Right. Let's get, otherwise, it's going to turn it. There's still so much fucking stuff to try and cram into this episode. Right. Picking back up with the episode where we left off. The group of elves on the far side of the tent parting a voice coming out from in between. Hello, brother. As you hear to Tessiri, no, as you hear Theolian say, Oh shit. As he looks over, the familiar voice ringing in his ears as the elves part and an elf clad all in black leather, looking particularly dapper, but somewhat a bit more of a tear-away than Theolian, a younger Theolian if you can. Even if their elves live to be many hundreds of years old, you can still discern that this one is slightly younger than Theolian. As Theolian looks over at him very, very cautiously, he says, What are you doing here, Oberon? I've come to say hello to you, brother. What more is it that you could possibly want? I have no agenda. More, you're getting a really bad feeling at this point.
2: Uh, my, you're
0: getting a sickening feeling of recognition as you look into the dark eyes of this elf dressed all in black leather.
2: My, um, The heckles and all of the fur on my back is now standing on end, so I look like one of these screaming alley cats, like all puffed up.
0: <laughs> as you're all sort of standing roughly stationary, where you are aristobulus, completely unaware of what's going on, drinking... Everyone's sort of vaguely aware that something seismic is happening. The rest of the elves all chatting away at the end. Theolian stands bolt upright, watching his brother without moving his head, as Oberon just snakes in and out, slowly walking in and out between you all, coming in and out of your blind spots. As he looks over at Theolian, never lo- lock, finishing locking eyes with him, never taking his eyes away from him, he just says, I hear you've been away adventuring, being the hero again. There's am, a, I, um, am I still stood next to Theolian? Yes, you're still stood next to Theolian. As you see him walk past you, he gives you no, absolutely no attention whatsoever. He He's just awkwardly walking around. He's refusing to stand still. He's making a spectacle out of himself. He clearly wants to be the center of attention. Theolian looks over at him and says, do not care where you have come from. I do not care what your agenda is, but you will leave now. As the music comes down to a sort of low, the, the lyres, the harps, the flutes all dim. And for the first time, you're acutely aware of the party at the end with Cesarean and are now all gone quiet and have all turned around and are staring at you now that a scene has been made. It's at this point that Aristobulus pipes up and is like, it's now a bad time. He's literally like, this is great stuff. As he's literally, there's just like me just flowing down his chin. He's got food and stains and chicken grease all over him. He's like, this is one hell of a party. Totally not reading the room at
3: all. I uh, I, I jump to the floor and like, uh, say, come on guys. Rock that, do, 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 rock that, do, do, do. And, and no, and no, make then. me a
0: persuasion check with disadvantage to see whether you can get a, a conga line, not conga line a Mexican, so a wave gun or a chant,
3: oh my just God. a
1: Mexican just a Mexican
3: here we go guys, it's never happened before but yeah no. Nah, I don't think I ever rolled more than a 10, so that was an 8 just thinking, um, as that often. was
0: with disadvantage an 8, uh,
3: no sorry that was that was an, the, the, the first go, Uh yeah, with this.
0: So, so, so an So, deadly silence. Aristobulus pipes up. You could cut the tension with a knife as Hanash in the corner, who isn't exactly a small man and, and demure or anything, just starts just going, and he just walks up to another elf and just starts like hip bumping him, but it's not happening. The mood, the mood's there. The vibe isn't there. Maud is looking more and more worried by the minute as she looks into the face of Oberon and sees someone who has caused her great pain. Um, you are now ushered into the party at the end as you're, you're brought closer to the, the, um, congregation of elves around the throne. Um, you hear the bickering and sniping of Theolian and Oberon as only two brothers could as they
1: trade vocal blow for blow with each other. Are they, are they both? Coming in with us into like the party yeah, proper.
3: Okay. Yeah. I, um, I slowly start winding down my do, 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 do.
1: <laughs> As you just step
3: it down a do, 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 do.
1: This is just like, this is just like footloose. We're going to have these elves on the dance floor like, any fucking minute.
0: <laughs> Elven bacon.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> As, uh, Aristobulus is like, ah, oh, mate, I was, uh, I was liking that. Oh, well, yeah. As the music starts rising up again, you know the harpist flutists, etc start playing again you're you're ushered into the um into the into the sort of main congregation of elves by the throne, and uh, Maud you are taking a very slow meander up the tent, keeping a very close eye on the back of Oberon's head at a safe distance as Tesarian welcomes you in um Tessarian being Theolian and Oberon's uncle, who runs this Bedouin city of elves. No city, is more of an encampment. Um, as you hear his voice, he's much older than the rest of them. As he says, welcome back, my heroes. Did you bring the orbs?
1: Sure did. Tati slowly realising very awkwardly that he's just put himself forward as the face of the party.
0: <laughs> as
1: people just kind of... Pan out a little
0: bit, leaving a sort of runway up towards the throne where Tissarian sitting, Theolian and um, Oberon to one side, and the rest of you in a kind of little huddle at the end. Um, Tessarion looks down at you and says, "I hope that the hospitality was to your liking." Looking over at the grease stains down the front of Hanash,
3: it was just fantastic. <laughs>
0: He's slow, there's there's a there's a respect between you two. He knows you. He looks over into the corner and looks at the slightly discoloured brown patch on his carpet in his tent that's still there from the last time he met you. <laughs> looks back.
2: Good memories.
0: Slow nods. He looks over and says, "I see you have made friends whilst you've been on your adventures." Uh,
3: yeah, this is a great pal, Cthulhu.
0: Ah, green skin, I see your humour has not changed. Although you appear to have grown a tail. So, congratulations.
3: Just shat myself, mate.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear.
1: You can see I did not hire you for your intelligence. Tati is, is like, at the front of everyone. Like, I'm I'm assuming they're looking at him in the way that, like, the big crowds of people looked at, like, the hobbits in Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm just kind of at the front, like, holding my head like this like, trying to keep everything in my head, trying to think of, like, all the ways that this could go horribly wrong.
0: Tessarion looks at Maud, locks eyes with her, and says, it ordinarily your kind would not be welcome here, not amongst these tents, not amongst my people, but my nephew has spoken for you, and he has said that you are true of heart and true of act. So you are welcome here for as long as you need, for as long as you like.
2: I, as soon as he starts speaking, have a flashback of being tortured in one of the tents. <laughs> <laughs> and being tortured in one of the tents and being tortured as a tiefling. And I mm. physically, reg- and I physically remember him casting a spell on me. And at that point, All of me literally just, yeah, just absolutely turn feral, like drop my shit and start screeching.
0: So everything goes in a heartbeat away from a very civilised kind of um, ceremony. It's almost, there's a lot of pomp and ceremony. This is almost very staged. And suddenly the wheels come off. As the tiefling drops her platter on the floor, it clatters to the ground. Wine spills everywhere as she drops her goblet. Her hair goes on end as she starts screeching and screaming in abyssal. You notice for the first time the guards who are posted all the way down the edges of the tent come to, attend, not attention in in terms of being on parade, but suddenly lower their spears, which look wicked sharp, as everyone is now on a knife edge. Are they mm-hmm. Roman and Peolian who are arguing look over for the first time, pausing in their bickering and look dead at Maud?
1: All oh, eyes. No. I'm gonna well, rush well, over to um to Maud when she starts screaming, and I'm gonna like I'm gonna try and like get close enough where no one else can hear us and just just be like, what's going on? What's going on? So
2: I'm currently in the same stance that Hussein Bolt is in just what he <laughs> like, I'm like about and I'm on the starting blocks and tail is like whipped up in the air. Um, and Tati kind of trundles over to me and says, What's wrong? And I say, He's the one who turned me into a shark twelve years ago. Twelve years. Twelve years ago. He's the one who turned me into a shark twelve years ago. And um, uh. I said I remember, I remember now, I remember Tatty.
0: Are you making any effort to keep this a quiet conversation?
3: No, no, you...
2: I'm screeching.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, I, I was going to play Belsiar and do try to do a magic trick to distract. Yeah, somebody. I was going to say, I'd like to think that for this whole part, <laughs> uh, like in the preamble for the party, Belsiar's just been like doing like wicked card tricks and like setting <laughs> off little bonfires in his hand, like,
0: woo! Belsiar just does that really, like, you know proper fucking awkward guy in the middle of a fight kind of thing who's just trying to calm shit down, yeah, with hand magic and just like, come on, guys, let's just keep this civil. Um So you, are, and if I've read this right, you've just openly accused a high elf of assaulting you.
2: Yeah, yeah. But as I'm doing it, as I'm shouting, I'd like to go and stand nose to nose with the high elf.
0: As you go to walk forward, you notice all hands on weapons as an honor guard appear in front of him. As Tessarian from up on high, he's not much higher than you, he's a couple of steps above you, uh, literally says, this was not the reception I was expecting. I thought we came here for a transaction.
1: Hey, man, you're as surprised as I am, but shit happens.
0: You come into my house? You vouch for your friend here and now you threaten me, you accuse me.
3: Can I um, just go to tie my shoelace and plant my bag of beans while
0: this is... um, (laughs) Are you you actually um, rolling for the beans?
3: Well, there's a lot of a lot of things to do for the beans. I think a lot of it's on you, but...
0: Uh, let's have a look at the beans. I must admit, when I gave them to you, it was a long time ago. Um...
3: Uh, I, I don't want to distract from this, but I, I get a feeling <laughs> that openly saying that he's a dickhead isn't going to go well. So it can range from... So it says D100, effect, 5D4, Toastal Sprout, a Geyser, a um a trench. From- you, you are you taking out a single bean?
1: You, can, I, I didn't know you could do a single bean. Yeah, inside this heavy cloth bag are three d four three d four dry beans. Yeah, I'll do I'll do one bean then.
0: Okay, you do one bean. You take out one bean. Everyone's arguing. There's a real tension. Well, they're not arguing. Maud is 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 arguing. Tessarian is very adamant and stoic in his response to it. He doesn't particularly seem phased. This seems to be, he, he feels very comfortable within this environment. He's amongst his people. He's protected by an honor guard. His nephews are here, et cetera. As Maud is losing her fucking shit as she's having flashbacks and has met her, you know, one-time abuser, uh, you very surreptitiously bend over. Look at the, you open the beans, you see a handful of beans with no particular thought of selection, you pull a single dried bean out and flick it onto the floor. Is there anywhere in particular, without reading what they do, is there anywhere in particular you're leaving the bean?
3: Um, no, I just want to, I just want to like, kind of plant it. Um,
0: okay, what, like by your foot in the middle? Where you...
3: Well, I can it by my foot because I'm doing this like stealthily. Okay, I don't yep. want, like it takes like a minute or two to like for this to kick in, so I want this to kind of go act out and then. Maybe uh, a 60-foot square base pyramid. is <laughs> I don't know.
0: Okay, so as, as as you're aware that these beans are fucking volatile, as you take one out in in, in a way of <laughs> chaos that only you could possibly create, you put down the bean, roll me a D100. Okay. Which oh you can God. do through d and I
1: think I know how to do this. I think you can roll two D10s and it basically does it as a D100. Do you want me to do it on here? Sure think this will work well, so it's, just times it by each well no because it'll uh, I think well I think I tried this for something else yesterday and I think it will add them together as like a two digit or three digit okay. number so if this doesn't work we'll have to roll it again but that is way more than okay that was, that has not worked okay I'm gonna try it again what has more done uh 32
2: okay, so
0: 32 a campfire with blue flames springs forth and burns for 24 hours or is extinguished. <laughs> so as everyone's locked in tension, Maud with her claw pointing up towards um, Tessarion through the honor guard, who are shields locked with shields, a sudden poof of explosion and blue energy. As the crowd disperses, as blue flames flick up, the floor matting starts
1: lighting in blue flames uh um, is going to just use control flames to reduce that flame to a just a just a tiny little
3: flame Th- that reduces
0: the flames there is still fire like there's still burning and smoke there's coughing it's very acrid there's the brush matting on the ground starts to light uh, the initial bonfire is controlled, but there's still like you know it's still little pockets of blue flames around the place Um, you see a banner starting to light on the wall uh, as now there's a certain degree of panic. Tessarian's voice booming above the rest. And now you add fire into the mix as well. You come in here, you accuse me of wrongdoings, you threaten my people, and now you burn down the center of our village. (laughs)
3: No one knows where the fire came from, buddy. This, <laughs> this could have been you guys. Uh,
0: make me a persuasion check.
3: Kind of advantage because I was a little bit sneaky.
0: Uh, no. What? <laughs>
1: oh, shit. Yeah. Um As Honash is talking to, to Sarian, I'm going to make my way back over to where Theolian is and just kind of like. As I'm going, I'm just like putting out any bits of the fire that I can see, just like kind of patting them down. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to walk over to the Olean and I'm just going to look him dead in the eyes. I'm going to say, do you know, do you fucking know about this? Do you know that your uncle was the one that had tortured Maud? He looks you dead in the eye.
0: There is a heartbeat of a moment which drags out for all fucking eternity as the group of you are in a very, very dangerous position as Theolian looks you dead in the eye and says, I promise you I knew nothing of this.
1: Inside oh, check. Yeah, sure. Sorry, I screamed that very loud. I got a left-
2: <laughs> I feel that is what the name of the... Oh, bad time bears.
1: No, it's not too bad, actually. Uh, <laughs> 16. 16. Absolutely. Uh,
0: you have a very good feeling about it. You know... You're in a very dangerous moment, but you get a good feeling that he's telling you the truth. Uh, He looks you dead in the eye and he says, I knew nothing of this. Honestly, I am your friend. I am your companion. I mean you only goodwill. What is going to happen in the next seconds will dictate how your lives pan out. He points. He grabs you by your small hand. He crouches down whilst everyone's coughing with the acrid smoke. He points to some flaps and says, All of you, through those doors, you will find a carriage. Get in the carriage and get out of here. I will hold these people off. And he turns and he charges into the honour guard. <gasps> Theolian! Does he have a cape? that he kind of, as he goes. Yes, he has his cape. As all of you bolt out of the flap, Aristobulus turning, leaning back for Theolian as Hanash grabs the back of Aristobulus's cloak Rips him through the flap as you appear outside. You see for the first time a carriage, a ginormous, uh, wooden carriage with four, um, horses at the front
1: of it, um, completely unguarded. I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke my head out of the tent and make sure, like, make sure I know where the carriage is. Um, I'm gonna pop my head back in and I'm gonna kind of like usher Everyone else in the party through onto the carriage. Um, and then I'm going to take a, for like one action, six seconds, whatever. Um, it's as Theolian is charging into the honor guard. I'm going to take out my bow and I'm going to try and cover him for a couple of shots, something like that.
0: As, uh, you all. The the flames are starting to lick up the tent. You hear the screams behind you and fighting, the clashing of swords. All of you leap up onto the carriage. Uh, Whom amongst you is going to attempt to be coachman? Uh,
3: You could get animal.
0: Uh, Not 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 uh, Tatty because he's doing it.
3: I'll
2: because More. I can have a conversation with the
0: horse. Okay, Maud, that. Maud, leaping up onto the footboard of the coach, you start bonding with the um, four horses.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, instantly, discerning their names. Um, their names are Morak, Dirok, Talgor, and Prancer. And
2: these-
0: <laughs> as I'll tell you those again in a minute. Um, as you. As you get up onto the footboard, the, the, what would normally be a very strange relationship for the horses who are not used to you in any way, there's there's a connection, a bond between you, as you prepare the horses mentally for a very swift getaway. As you look round, Aristobulus is wailing and crying, trying to go back for Theolian as Hanash drags him bodily by the back of his neck and throws him into the carriage. Um you look back, you see Tatty through the fence Tatty as to the edge of the flap. Tatty, you look back through the smoke. Through the haze, through the dark, acrid, choking smoke inside, you hear the clash of metal on metal, screams of bodies as they collide. You think you see Theolian for a moment. Uh, You knock an arrow and fire it at a guard who's approaching you. It hits him deep in the meat of his thighs. He goes down, um, not massively injured but slowed as he looks down at the arrow in his leg. As you look back up at Theolian, he locks eyes with you and he vanishes under a pile of people.
3: Oh, um,
0: you hear Maud scream behind you that you guys really need to go.
3: Was was Old Man um, Elf on his own? Or was he like the other side of the Omeguard? Oh, you've lost it. You can't see
0: anything. Oh, I mean, this is... Yeah. Oh, a um, <laughs> Tati, you sprint back. Just as the horses start kicking up their, their hooves, uh, kicking up sparks on the floor as the carriage starts to move, Tatty running up onto the footboard at the back, just grabbing onto it and pulling himself up onto the carriage as the horses make pace and you go flying down the main channel. Uh, all of you inside, Maud at the helm, with Tatty holding onto the footboard at the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're flying down the main stretch of the camp, you hear horns going up, like, um, warning, like, that there's trouble. Looking back, you see the the, the flames starting, the blue flames starting to flick up on the tent.
1: That bag of beans really did come in handy. Um, So are we, like, in terms of where, like, the layout of the camp, are we kind of on the outskirts of it, or are we, like, we're having to go right through it to get out.
0: Yep. Um, you hear much kerfuffle and screaming coming. And f- as you look back, you're now maybe 50 meters away from the tent and moving bloody fast. Uh, you can start seeing people coming out of the tent, screams. Um, and the very first attempts at arrows start heading towards uh, you. Mod, you can you make me an animal handling check? Can. Yeah. D and D, more like GTA, motherfucker. Oof. H HTA, horse theft. E E ETA, Equine Theft Auto. No, hang on, that doesn't work. Grand Theft, Equine. G-T-E-M. I would like
2: to. I would like to invoke my little um inspiration thing, please.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your use your inspiration. Oh, so you Oh fuck off. <laughs> you don't have to take the lower one, you take the higher one of the both.
2: Still
0: fuck up. Five or an eight. An eight. Okay. Plowing along in, in your four-horse-drawn carriage, everyone inside, you hear the, the cries of Belsiar, who's starting to get motion sick. He's just, like, rocking backwards and forwards on a seat. Tatty, you're holding on for grim life. Grim and, um, life. It's a little bit like the opening sequence of Beverly Hills Cop where Eddie Murphy's just holding onto a chain on the back of um, like a lorry as it's flying around. Um, Maud, you're doing your absolute goddamn best. And the only thing that's, you know, you're not necessarily a rider of horses or or even a coachman, but you have a bond with these animals. Mm. And that is counting for a lot. So where you stray off the path, you start plowing through an edge of tents you start the horses start trampling down edges of tents and you you hear screams and uh whatever but you manage to keep it roughly on the path um as um you go <coughs> bursting out of, down the main strip and in the distance you can see the gates you see the elves that now starting to mobilize and you see they're just starting to try and close the main kind of wooden um gate
3: can I uh, use my crossbows to try and get rid of some of the
0: elves that are in our way? Absolutely, you can. The ones that are going to fire uh, I'm going to say anything you do is going to be a disadvantage as we're moving. Yeah. Fucking fast.
1: Can I do the same thing? Um,
0: can you make me an athletics check? To s- if you want to stay where you are, by all means, and fire backwards. If you want to go over the top to fire forwards, you're going to have to make me an athletics check. Because it's, about- it's a bit like crawling along the top of a train, which is moving.
1: Because you know? I'm, am I on the back? Yes. All oh, right. okay. I thought I was on the front bit with more. Oh okay. Um I'll okay, I'll try and cover the back then. Do I, do I need to athletic check or is it? Nah. No, I was um. Say.
0: um so say. No, uh we we will say um Hanash is hanging out of a uh, the carriage window with his arse sitting on the lintel of the window, he's um riding shotgun.
3: I got a five to hit with
0: disadvantage. <laughs> five to hit with disadvantage. As um you lean out with your massive crossbow, you fire it, and there's a thump as it hits the edge of the um, door post as they're trying to bring the fort doors together. Um, doesn't hurt anybody, but you see the guard stop, slowly like jump and look up at the bolt which has missed his head by about a foot and is going In the door next to it, slightly slowing them for a moment. How how far away
1: are those guards from each other?
0: Uh, there's one on each side. They're getting ever closer as they try and bring the doors together. Oh him. my god!
1: So we're we talking like uh, 20, feet. twenty feet. Oh, Okay. Um, I might, I might not use that for now. No. I might wait a second. Um, so did you say you're, that now, you're now about thirty feet away from them? Okay. Do I? Did you say that Tati needs to make an athletics check to get onto the onto the back
0: lip? Yeah, yeah. To, to get people. higher up, or Belsiar can do whatever he wants.
1: Okay. I'm gonna. Actually, I am gonna as as Belsiar, because I don't know what the I don't know what the mechanism is for this gate, but uh Belsiar is gonna target one of those uh, elf guards and he's gonna he's gonna cast ice knife. Ice knife! Ice knife
0: Jesus Christ, this might be a legitimate use of ice knife. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Do
1: it. Uh so they need to make a dexterity save and throw uh dc is 12 i believe oh no wait do i need to make a do i need to make a hit roll i do need to make a hit roll um so sorry i need to do this with my d20 rather than his it is a natural 20 (gasps) so as
0: so one elf on the other side, the, the crossbow belt goes wada, 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 above him as he stops and pauses and like flicks back, the other elf looks over and says Get on with it as he turns around to look at him, a massive bolt of ice comes flying and slams into his chest, pinning him to the doorpost. And um, oh, I roll the other elf just looking slack jawed at his companion who's currently like with a massive bolt of ice through his chest.
1: Yeah, so I rolled like, I rolled 2d10 for that because it was a natural 20. So that was 17 damage. Just gonna, yeah. just gonna let you make the judgment on that. Um, yeah. hit or miss, the, the shard then explodes. The target and each creature within five feet of it must succeed on the dexterity saving throw or take 2d6 cold damage. He, he got a 10. Okay. So does the 2d6 get doubled then for a natural 20?
0: Uh, sorry, what did you say? He got a 10.
1: Yeah, so the, so the, uh, he takes 2d6 cold damage, but because yeah. I got a natural 20, does that get doubled to 4d6? Yes. Okay.
3: Oh my god, this is such a boring move.
1: Not great, that was 11.
2: <laughs>
0: Which is 28 points of damage. As the ice slams into the chest of the elf, pins him to the door. He looks down. You see the gore dripping down his chin as he looks at the gaping hole in his chest. He's hacking up blood into his mouth as it suddenly just goes, boom! And you just see limbs fly in all directions and the door is blown back open. Time has slowed down. It feels to you, you know, like this is drawn on for for minutes, but in reality, this has literally been 10 seconds. As the carriage goes hot-wheeling it through the gates, one half of the gate is frozen and blown open. You see limbs on the floor of an elf. On the other side, the elf with the arrows sticking above his head looks over just in time to be flattened under four horses that crush him, and the wheel goes <laughs> over the top of him as you hear a sickening crunch underneath you, much akin to the alien under the wheels of the APC in Aliens. As you, you just see his head just go... <laughs> Underneath the steel-rimmed wheels of the carriage, I'm as imagining
2: guys,
0: bursting uh, out of right, the blighted forest. The uh,
2: headless horseman is sleepy hollow. You know, Ichabod. It,
0: yeah. Uh, yes, there's a there's a lot of Ichabod going on. All of you now feeling like proper criminals, blazing into the blighted forest. As you look back, you can still hear the screams and the occasional flicker of blue flame. As you are making your way out of the blighted forest in a direction that you do not know.
1: Uh Tati's gonna jump onto the back of the onto the back of the carriage to to keep an eye on if anyone's following us.
0: Um make me a perception check.
1: Twenty-two.
0: Um looking out into the darkness and it is it is now full um night. Um you're in the depths of the night at a moment and um, there's nothing. You can't sense it. The only thing you're sensing is the corruption of the woods, really. Uh, as for the first time, you hear Belsiar say, well, that was fucking exciting, wasn't it? Do we have to leave before dessert? <laughs> was
1: that Belsiar or Aristobulus?
0: Sorry, that was Aristobulus. Arist- sorry, Aristobulus said, yeah, that's a shame. Do we have to leave before dessert?
1: Belsiar's kind of, He's he's not as bad as he was before when he killed someone with ice knife because that was fucking cold blooded. But he's kind of like it. Just he's just like staring off into space while he's sat in the carriage, just like did it again.
0: Aristobulus <laughs> walks over to Belsia and um, says, "Do you know what? I always thought you were a shit children's magician. Do you know what? You're a real wizard. You saved the day."
1: <laughs> just kind of like just kind of nods and then like. Goes back to like staring out the carriage window. Mm.
0: Aristobulus leans in and just snaps off. There's a small icicle of snot and tear on the end of Belsiar's snout mm-hmm. as he kind of just snaps it off. Okay, you guys, what what are you, what is your thinking? What's your plan from here on in?
3: Do we have a map of like where we're we going? Like, is it you've got a map?
0: You don't know what direction you're traveling within. It's nineteen. Yeah,
3: Do we know in relation to the way that we came in? Do we, like, do we know that we
1: came in the other side? So we must be going. You're you know, totally disorientated. We, we know basically. I think, having not looked at the map, that if we're wanting to head for the grey and wildlands, that we want to be heading north. Is that about right? Yeah.
0: Um, um. That is exactly right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Can we can we look to the sky? Yeah, I was going to say, can I do some kind of, some, some kind of ranger shit to make sure that we're heading in the right direction? Yeah.
0: Well, at the moment, you, you guys have got two options. You're either going hell for leather because you're trying to put some distance between you and the elven encampment, or you're slowing down and trying to get a bearing, but risking them catching you. So what's, what, what, what's, which way are you going with that?
1: How, how far have we traveled from the encampment at this point?
0: Three hundred meters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I say we carry on for a little bit longer, and then once we reach, I don't know, once we reach a point where we we think it's quote unquote safe, then we then we stop reassess, get our bearings. I'm
3: mean, getting like
1: through the night now because like yeah. when we got there, we rested for a bit.
3: Like so, it's probably only a couple hours until daylight. I'm yeah. Saying.
0: So yeah, you you're you're aware, you know, yeah, there are a few hours till dawn. Uh Maud, as as having your link with all things bestial, you are aware that at least three of the horses, um Morok, Dayrock, and Talgor are um they're all pretty fine Elven horses. You're not hundred percent sure about Prancer. But, uh, the three of them, you'll know they will run for hours before needing a rest. These are fine bred horses. There's no sense of distress other than the undue distress of everything they've just seen. There's that you know, these horses can run for a few hours before needing to be watered and prancer uh, a bit shitty today. Is he a fucking reindeer? You get a real vibe off prancer. Like he's not really one of them.
2: Oh, okay. So. Is Prancer the one that we need to take with us, or do we need to take the other ones? I
0: mean, at this point, you've taken all four of them and the carriage with you, so
1: yeah. I mean, they seem like pretty fucking good horses, to be fair. I mean,
0: I'm not not saying Prancer is like a donkey on the end of Brighton Beach. Like Prancer is a full fucking full-blooded black horse. They're all all of the horses that are pulling this carriage are jet black. To without almost very difficult to distinguish to the naked eye or someone who didn't work in the stables with them. Um
2: so can can I find fodder and water for the horses? Because I feel that they've allowed us to escape and now they need a bit of a rest. So now that we've
3: Well at the moment
0: you're you're on you're the coachman for this mm-hmm. and you are currently travelling at some pace. So no you can't look around for hay and whatever because you need to be controlling these horses otherwise they're just Are we in
2: a safe space now? Now that we've escaped. Are we out in the countryside? Where are we? No,
0: you're three hundred meters away from the uh thing. So you, you need to make a decision. Are you going hell for leather for two hours?
2: Oh yeah, fuck it. Go. Go. So
0: um, we will say you guys go absolutely at it for two hours Tatty holding onto the footboard at the back, looking back, never sees anything, even with his, his night vision. You sense the horses go for a good two hours. You start seeing them fade after a couple of hours. You reach the edge of um, the woods, um, which, hang on. Yeah. You reach the edge of the woods, and you start coming out into the countryside. Um, bursting forth. You, you, you sort of leave the, um, distressed countryside, uh, woodland behind you as you burst out, uh, free of that blighted forest. Now, what's happening in that time is, um, you, you're driving these, you're keeping the horses steady, you're keeping them motivated. Uh, Tati is staying a lookout on the back. Everyone else who's inside the carriage, Hanash, Aristobulus Pelsi, you look around for the first time, you realize this is actually quite this is more than just a carriage. this is a full-on travel carriage. And as you explore, at first you're very tense but you know after the first half hour you realize nothing much is going on you start looking around you realize that there's um, more than just a communal space in here. there is also bunks at the back for sleeping space, storage and even a small galley kitchen at the back, you realise you could quite happily... Uh, this is a proper travelling carriage designed for long Oh, years. so this
1: is like an elvish caravan? Yep. Yeah. Not this caravan,
3: this is an RV. We
0: got. You know, we got You've basically caravan. stolen the equivalent of an elven RV. This, you could quite happily glamp in this thing. Um, it would comfortably fit the five of you. Uh, there's even a little, like, toilet. And as you look in the toilet, you... Look down. There's just a hole in the bottom and you see the ground whizzing away underneath you. It's just a long drop onto the grass underneath. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this is a sizable thing as you, as you, um, burst forth from, uh, the edge of the Savalier Wood for the first time, you, um, you start seeing mountain ranges in front of you. Um, as you you race along um out of the woods you 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 burst forth and you see to your right hand side a wide range of mountains as you come out onto um more of a kind of tundra and plains looking behind you you can see the edge of the wood vanishing behind you uh and to your right hand side a large massive mountains and in front of you sweeping plains
3: mm. have you seen
1: any like water like waterways on our journey? Not really, no. That's the I think that's the map that we picked up when we were in the observatory, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, the
3: mountains. That's like
1: that's Yeah. Um can I have we have we hit kind of did you say we we were still part way through the night while we were traveling? Have we hit kind of dawn yet? We're now
0: dawn. So as you look uh you can see uh the sun rising. Um and this is a bit where I'm going to pause and work out which way does the sun rise? Does it go west east or east west? Rises in it's the East, cool. I
1: think. I what? think you might want to check that. Can we check? You know I mean?
0: it? Hang on a minute. This is a fantasy fucking universe, but we'll still we'll still pretend that
3: it rises in the south.
0: <laughs> it, it rises in the middle, and then
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just go straight up and straight down from where, wherever you are.
0: Privately educated, and I still don't fucking know which way the sun rises. The sun rises due east, only two days of the year. Every other day of the year, it rises somewhere else. What the fuck? Which way does the sun rise? Sun rises exactly east and sets due west. Okay. So, as, as, as you're, as you're driving along, um, Caning along, you've started to slow a little bit now. The horses are starting to get a little bit weary. You look over to the right-hand side, you see a whole range of beautiful mountains with snowy peaks as you see the sun just starting to peek up over the top of the mountains and a warm kind of crimson colour starting to wash across the land um, as a sort of bright new morning dawns. And you just see the first radiant sparkles of the sun starting to appear. Cresting over the top of the mountains, lighten up the plains in a kind of magical fashion.
1: Can I, knowing which way the sun is rising and which, and that that is due east, can I take a look at um, the, I think we have a bigger map, don't we? Of like the map to the grain wildlands. You do, um, yes, you do. Can I um, try and make a very, very rough estimation of whereabouts we are and what direction we need to be headed.
0: Uh Make me an investigation check. Thirteen. Thirteen. You see the, um, you look at the map, you look at the sun rising over the mountains, you look at where the Savalier Wood is, you look at the plains in front of you, you surmise um, that you have come out onto the Rhine Plains, R-I-M-E, and that the Dunrock Mountains or some part of the Dunrock Mountains, are to your right. Savalier Wood is both behind you and to your left, and you are heading out onto the Rhine Plains. That the,
3: um, the big map. This is
0: the big map. And with that, I know. you looked back. The You can now see the Savalier Wood, which you were riding through. The corrupt wood was, was quite far behind you. You're in the middle of the plains. You would easily see, if somebody was following you, Maud bringing the horses to a halt. And step in off, everybody, the adrenaline lowering, you can see steam rising off the horses in the morning sun. Yeah.
1: Let's do
3: more whispers into the the, microphone. We're looking at maps. Looking at the map because we're cool. Oh, shit. Nice. Oh, um, So this, we are we trying to get to? I'm trying to get, like, up here. Oh, we're trying to get there. That village, yeah. Like, we're kind of in the green well it's now, aren't we? But like we need to get to the top of it. Typically the top.
2: Can we can we not speak to the horses and ask them?
0: You may if you want. Do you want a talk to the horses.
2: Cassie, what do you think?
1: I mean, now that we now that we know that we've left the Savalier wood behind and that we're in the Rhine Plains, we kind of know where we are. Um
2: We also have the option of sending the backpack of bees to scout out of us.
1: Not
0: a bad idea. Uh, yeah, that's a bit like using binoculars to try and see the stars. But, uh, yep, you, you, you can do. They're not going to be able to tell you very much about the mountains, but they'll tell you about your surroundings. Um,
2: well, they're telling you if there's any dangers or enemies there because they're very clever bees.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you, you are... Sensing around you, you don't sense any particular animals, no wild beasts or anything of that ilk or nature. You feel fairly secure in your surroundings. As um, you all start assessing what the fuck's happened, you see Belsia has now come out of his fugue state as he's now a bit more like mobile and with it, he steps out for the first time, crunching down onto the, the ground of the plains. He picks up a handful of dirt and lets it sift between his fingers. He looks up at you and says, We made
1: it. I'm going to, um, I'm going to hop off the back of the carriage and I'm going to, um, can I just like make an animal handling check to check on the horses? Yeah. See how they're doing? Yeah. Not great. Eleven.
0: You look over at them. They are tired. They don't seem unduly distressed. Maud knows anyway for a natural connection with animals that they're not, like, fucking losing it. They're just absolutely knackered, and they'll need, they will need a good half day's rest now. No, hang on, sorry, they've only been running for two hours. They'll need, they've been running flat out for two hours, and they are steaming hot. If you want to run them again, give them like, a good half hour like, and you'll be able to get them at a good canter. like. um, they're not going to be able to run flat out again right now. You need to give them a good half day's rest on water and stuff. Um, you see a natural body of water to your right-hand side, like a small kind of um, pond in the plains. As you go and gather water, you find a um, bucket inside the um, uh, coach and you go and bring um, water to the horse's. Well, not, un- not unhooking them. They're still very much hooked to the, to the coach. Um, it's with this that you start hearing a kerfuffle inside the coach. Um, you hear a scream from inside the coach as Aristobulus comes like bustling out, falls out the door on his ass, stands up and is like, we are not alone. We are not alone. We are not alone.
2: And Does he see it or say it? it.
0: As you see a figure okay. coming out of the coach, the strangest fucking figure you've ever seen. It is a large, larger than you would like to think, um, turtle man, um, a turtle, if you will, in d parlance. He's a walking turtle. You see him, the strangest thing you have ever seen. He's got a top hat. He's got like black kind of spats and a tail coat on. And he steps out, steps down the steps, looks at you. He's old. You can tell this guy is old as the fucking sands of time. As he reaches into his breast pocket, pulls out a a timepiece, looks at it, puts it back in, reaches into his breast coat, pulls out a cigar, lights it and says, well, we got ourselves a bit of a problem here. Oh, my God.
1: It's the Crypt Keeper's valet.
0: And that is where we're going to leave. This week's episode. Woo, fuck me, that was tense. My underpants are in tatters. Well, that's about all we can hope to achieve this week. We hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as we have. If you have, why not consider hitting that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. A five-star review would also help a lot. God damn it, any kind of review would make our day, quite frankly. So, all that leaves is time for a big goodbye from chris chris chanel matt and lewis we'll see you next week goodbye my friends